Welcome everyone to the weekly discussion podcast. Uh, happy 2023. It's my 2023, name, yeah. My name is Pastor Kyle. And, and I'm Pastor Holly. <laughs> you know, another year goes by, you get a little older and you forget your name. It's like, all right. <laughs> but you remembered the year. I hey, did. Yeah. Great. Yeah. <laughs> Oh man, my my wife's birthday's coming up. Yes, and uh, I I this was real bad because uh, oh, no. the other day we we're driving in the car and we we're talking with everyone, all the kids. We we're talking about uh, Christina's birthday coming up because I'm actually leaving uh, for a trip to Asia the day after her birthday. Oh oh, you just eked it oh, in. Oh man, there. yeah. And so, but I I was like, hey, are you excited that mom's going to be? And then I said a number. I won't say the number on the podcast. But it was wrong. It was wrong. Yeah. It was one year too too much. Oh, no. <laughs> yeah. She oh, looked no. at me and she's like, what? And I'm like, oh, no. Oh, no. <laughs> it was kind of just, you know, a fun little Wait a second. Aren't, aren't you the same age? Well, I'm a little bit old. I'm like six months older than than her, but my birthday's in August. Her birthday's in January. Yes. So different years. So different. Yeah. So I'm. Yeah. A different age. I'm a different but, age, but so you we're put really the her- same age. A year, yeah. so she's turning the age that you are, and you put her a year older than yeah. you. Oh wow! See, yeah, so that's bad. That was bad. She's bring her something really nice. Yeah, in Asia. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. She looked at me. She's like, "We're the same age." <laughs> that's right. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Christina. Oh, that's really bad. <laughs> uh, well, yeah, Pastor Holly, Happy New Year! Yeah, Happy New Year! Uh, yeah, it's crazy. I love. It was really is fun and a very different experience that we had. Uh, that January first was a Sunday. It was a Sunday, yeah. yeah. That that really does not happen all that often. Nope. Yeah. So it's kind of fun to gather together and and just really literally be together as a church family on the very first day of a new year. Yeah. Yeah. All a little sleepy because yeah. you know, I had to ring in the new year the night before. See, I can't do that anymore. I know. It's been I know. years. <laughs> <laughs> the the New York New Year's. That's the nice yeah. thing on the on the uh, West Coast is you can celebrate New York New Year. Yeah. And then. You know, watch the ball drop in Times Square live, yes. and then it's nine o'clock, and you can be like, "Happy New Year!" Yep, Happy New Year! I'm out. <laughs> and sometimes, yeah, it's even a struggle for me to get to nine o'clock. I... <laughs> <laughs> okay, <laughs> you are old. Wow, I know, I know. It's just, it's, it's terrible. And you know, my family freely makes fun of yes, me. Yes, yes. Uh, well. So, yeah. <laughs> there have been uh, last several years, yeah, certainly because uh, you know Netflix does like the has the the kid Their countdown which you can thing. play at any yeah. point. Yeah, uh, brilliant. Yeah, it's great. So the kids have done that early in some of these years, and then the last couple of years they've they've done it at nine o'clock the New York New Year. Nice. And um, and I'm just like, okay, yeah, have fun. <laughs> I'm gonna be sleeping. <laughs> so you're on you're on more of like a mid Atlantic New Year. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'm on the, you know, I'm going to Asia. I'm just going to stick with the Asian uh, time in Asia and right, all of that. Right, right, right. Uh, well, Pastor Holly, it's a t- fun to be thinking, I mean, to be in a new year, uh, kind of crazy. And I just am excited for all that the Lord has for us yeah. as a church and, you know, for each of us as individuals, part of our church family uh, for the new year. And uh, just anticipating the Lord doing really cool things in our community, in our church, and in the lives of uh, people who call CrossFit their home. Yeah, absolutely. It's always fun to cross that New Year line and look ahead. Yeah. Well, we're starting as a church family with a new series, which I love. Yes. Uh, I think it's a great way uh, to start a new year. In fact, uh, uh, I don't know, going forward, I and mean, when we get to 2024, it might be a, a great way to to start the new year 
again uh, in these years to come, but we're focusing on prayer in yeah. uh, this sermon series. Yes. So good. I mean, what better way to start the new year, right? So yeah, it's good. I'm really excited about this. Yeah, one. yeah, yeah, yeah. So what we tried to do here on Sunday uh, is... We we didn't start with getting into the like uh, mechanics of prayer right. and some of the the ways that we we uh, the disciplines and those kind of things. We'll get to that. Uh, and Pastor Holly, I'm excited. You're going to be uh, preaching some here in this series because I'm gone. Yeah. <laughs> uh, for some for some of these, so excited about that. But we wanted to just start by trying to give us a framework for thinking about prayer. Yeah. Kind of setting our minds on uh, a really cool way to think about what prayer is, what it's intended to be, and maybe even how it's ex- how it's supposed to be experienced. Yes. And I know <clears throat> prayer can be, I don't know what prayer has been like for you over the course of, of your your Christian journey, Pastor Holly, but for me, uh, it's, I mean, it's, it's a significant part of, of the Christian life. Yes. Um, and it can be fun, joyous, uh, meaningful mm-hmm. and very difficult and frustrating. <laughs> Absolutely, yeah. Different seasons bring different yeah. uh, experiences with prayer, but yeah, yeah, all of those things, all of those things. And I think throughout uh, my life, absolutely, what you just said, wonderful and beautiful and exciting. And um, but also, I mean, there are seasons when prayer has felt slow mm-hmm. and yeah. <laughs> maybe more of a. Uh, more of a Christian duty than yeah. um, than the joyful life giving, uh, communing with God that yeah. it that it actually is. And yeah, that, that you know there will be times. That's um, I think our relationship with God is a relationship with God, right? Mm-hmm. So, yeah, that's a good. I, I, growing up, the the term that I always heard was it feels like my prayers are hitting the ceiling. Yeah, yeah, yeah right. I don't know if that's familiar <laughs> to you if you're listening, but that's kind of a, a phrase that enters into my mind when you talk about the difficulty of prayer. It can be, yeah. Uh, and yeah, it's been fun. I went to George Fox mm-hmm. um, undergraduate and seminary, and uh, George Fox is a Quaker school. Yes, and so uh, the Quakers have a pretty uh, rich theology around experiencing God, yes. experiencing the presence of God, and prayer. Absolutely. And so one of the things I loved is getting an opportunity to study with a couple of Quaker professors who really helped expand my understanding about what prayer is. Yes. Beyond just, I mean, beyond just communication with God, you just use the word communing, uh-huh. which it, it is that. Right. It is communication as well. But it's way more than way that. Way more, And yes. often we get stuck at the communication uh, level. Right, right. Yeah, we can tend to think of prayer as uh, bringing our really just communication, bringing our words to God, whatever that looks like. And we've talked about different kinds of prayer um, before, and bringing you know prayers of praise and thanksgiving, and yeah. also uh, our our requests for ourselves and for others. We we in the church tend to just call those prayer requests, right? Yeah. Um and bringing those things to God and then and then uh maybe waiting for God's response. And that is a huge, huge part of prayer, but it's not all of prayer. Right. Yeah. I I mean even in my study uh and preparing for this series, uh I feel like God's teaching me more and more about about prayer and yeah. experiencing prayer in, in new and different ways. I think if I had to kind of summarize how I've taught about prayer, like one of the main thoughts I've always, that was transformative for me and I think is true in scripture was that uh, in our own prayer life, sometimes uh, we try to master God, 
right? Mm-hmm. Like, God, I need you to do this for me. I want this right. to happen and this. Can you just do all those things? Right, yeah. But the transformative thought, I think, and, and a primary um, kind of uh, insight in the teaching we've done before is that it's in prayer that God masters us, yes. right? So there's yeah. this surrender. There's this uh, giving up of of our our will. We want to come into alignment with God and His yeah. will yeah. and what He's doing. We want to participate in all of that. And so there's there's a part of that that's important to understand about prayer. But I I actually think uh, I had kind of a new insight, uh, which is driving this first message um, uh, when I was reading and studying, and it came from a prayer experience uh, that Paul had. Okay. I know I'm really I'm really excited about this because you mentioned this in a just a like a hallway conversation uh, even before your message was was uh, prepared and oh my yeah. goodness blew me away I was like are you kidding I think I even asked you if you came up with this on your own because I was like wow yeah Pastor Kyle this is good this yeah. is a really so well, excited for y'all to yeah ha- thank have you. heard this thank yeah. you Pastor Holly uh, and yeah so it was an insight that I didn't come up with it on my own but it was an insight about the definition of this word yeah. that started this for me. Yeah. Um, and so in 2 Corinthians, we have Paul, and uh, in, in 2 Corinthians 12, it's a really crazy prayer experience. So let me just read the first part of it. He says, I was caught up to the third heaven 14 years ago. <coughs> Excuse me. Whether I was in my body or out of my body, I don't know. <laughs> Only God knows. I love that. It's so great. So immediately, and and uh, I whenever we... Whenever we read things like this from Paul, I always in the in my teaching just say, "Don't worry about the third heaven piece." That's not like there are. He doesn't think that there are three heavens. Right. That's his understanding of where heaven exists. The right. first level of heaven is just earth and the normal like walking around stuff. The second level is the sky and the stars and the atmosphere and all of that. And so the third heaven is actually heaven. Right. right? It's like uh, layers. Uh, yeah, layers. Yeah. 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 Uh, so and then yeah, whether I was in my body or out, I don't know. So there's this it's this vision type experience. It's it's this crazy experience for him. Yes, only God knows whether I was in my body or outside of my body, but I do know that I was caught up to paradise and heard things so astounding that they cannot be expressed in words. Things no human is allowed to tell. I mean, wow, Paul, this is an experience. This is not boring prayer. No, yeah, yeah, this is this is not boring prayer. No. It's incredible prayer, and I love he. I mean, he doesn't doesn't even know how to describe it, right? Uh, which I think is incredible. And he goes on. This is actually the passage that's uh, more well known because in in a few verses he's talking about he's not going to boast in in what he's experienced. He's only going to boast in his weakness so that God can get all the glory uh, from from what he's experienced. He wants people to experience. Uh, uh, God and this insight through his living, through his life. And so uh, a bit later, he he talks about that God gave him a thorn in the flesh to keep him from being prideful. Right. That's how this passage is. That's why this passage is well known. But I actually really think, and you had mentioned this earlier before we started recording, we don't often focus much on this fantastic prayer experience yeah. here in the first part of this passage. I think we don't always know what to do with it. We're like, what are you, yeah. Paul, what's right. going on yeah. here? And things you can't talk about right. and an experience that maybe maybe most of us can't relate to. What is happening? We can relate to the thorn in the flesh. Right? Yes. We're like, yeah, okay. I know I know what that's like, but wow, yeah. caught up to the third heaven <laughs> and I, this is beyond my experience. So, right. But I think it's really uh, worth diving into. Yeah. The, the, the word that 
uh, is a key here to, I think, a, a, an incredible framework for understanding prayer is where he says that he was caught up to paradise, Yes, which is kind of like, okay, maybe that seems normal to us, uh, that kind of word, which is how he's talking about heaven. Heaven must be like a paradise. Right. But that's not what this word actually means. So the Greek word here, I'm going to get a little theologic. Yeah, I love it. Theological nerd thing here. But going geeky. Yeah. Going geeky. The word in both the New Testament in Greek and in the Old Testament Hebrew, the word paradise actually means garden. Mm. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, just that. Like, wait. Wait. Yeah. So, and, and if you're like me, and and I think if you're like Pastor Holly, yeah. when we talked about it, you could I could see all of the connections begin to be made here right. immediately. So, um, he <laughs> think about how there's a thread that weaves all the way through Scripture, from Old Testament all the way to the New Testament, to the very end of the Bible. Yeah. That is connected through this idea of garden, and it starts in the Old Testament. In page two of the Bible, <laughs> with the Garden of Eden. Yes, and and I think Paul knows this, Jesus knows this because Jesus actually uses this very same word. This is yeah. what is like mind blowing. Uh, there's only one famous famous garden uh, that these that these people when would have known, and so they know immediately that it's going to bring to mind this very famous garden, the mm-hmm. Garden of Eden. Yeah, and the thing about the Garden of Eden. Is that it is where the 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 unfiltered presence of God and humanity are at the same place. Yes. Nothing in the way. Right. Walking step by step, talking. You're like, you talk, you use the word commune. This yeah. is the height of that. This is the epitome of communing in the presence of God. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the the Bible talks about um humans walking with God, taking an evening walk with God in the garden. And oh yeah, just the the imagery here of of being with God in, in a completely, as you said, it's just an unfiltered way. I that is so beautiful. Um and yeah, it's kind the, of mind blowing. Yes, mind blowing. And and I, I think at least in my experience of prayer or my desire for prayer, that's what I want. Absolutely. I want to be in the presence of God so closely that it's like I'm walking around with him in the Garden of Eden. Yes. Yes. And this is, as you said, the very beginning of the Bible. This is the this is what starts everything. Yes. This is the story of humanity and the story of of God. And and the purpose there in this uh, this amazing original story is that that's what we were created for. Yes. We were created for that complete, unfiltered, uh open and honest intimacy with God, that's that's what we were created yes, for. absolutely. So Paul says, I don't know whether I was in my body or out of my body. Only God knows that. But right. what I do know is that I was in the garden. Yes. <laughs> yeah. It's like, <laughs> oh my goodness. So here's where it gets really good because now we've, we've, I mean, starting with the Genesis, we're seeing it weave through here even to Paul's writing. Jesus uses this very same word in a very famous story of Scripture. Yep. And this is where, like, you just pile, it's like putting puzzle pieces together and you start to see a larger picture. Yeah. And it just has so much meaning. And it gets me all excited spiritually and just in general. Wait, wait. Are you in your body right now? Yeah, or, I don't. I don't do, do know. Do you even know? Yeah. Even God, God knows. Okay, I don't okay. know. Yeah. 
<laughs> so there's this very famous scene in Luke chapter 23, verses 40 through 43, and this is where Jesus is on the cross. He's being crucified. Uh, there are two thieves that are next to him, one on his right, one on his left. And if you remember, one of the thieves uh, starts to make fun of Jesus right. and says, if you're the Messiah, get us all out of here. Right. Save us. Yeah. And the other thief is like, "What? hey, you, like, <laughs> you know, slow your roll. Yeah. We deserve this. He doesn't. Yeah. And then he looks at Jesus. This is this was our text for our Easter message. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the the thief, this other thief, looks at Jesus and says, "Hey, Jesus, will you remember me when you come in? When you go in? You, when you come into your kingdom?" Right. And Jesus looks at him and it says, "And Jesus replied, I assure you, today you will be with me in paradise.' Ooh. Whoa! <laughs> it's the same word here. Yes. And often I think we we. Uh, we just think, okay, today you're going to be with me in heaven. Right. But that's not the word that Jesus uses here. Essentially, Jesus says, today you're going to be with me in the garden. In the garden. Oh. And it's not, they're not interchangeable words. Like there, there is a different word for heaven right. used in, in the Bible in the yeah. New Testament. So it's, this is different. This is different. And so you be, I, I think, you know, Jesus obviously, I mean, he's a, he's a rabbi, a Jewish right. man. He knows the scriptures. Like he didn't use this word accidentally, no. right? And he knows what it's going to mean to the per- to the thief on the cross. He knows what it's going to mean to the people reading the scriptures. Yeah. Uh, and the word that he uses is the garden. In the garden, you'll be with me today in the garden. Oh, oh my goodness! Wow. And so we have this kind of thread that begins in the beginning of the of the story and goes all the way through, and it's essentially this invitation for those who follow Jesus to be with Him. In the garden. Yeah. This is an incredible framework for thinking about what prayer is. Yes. And it has a couple of, I think, you know, really significant um, insights for me. Uh, one of the, this is another connection that's kind of cool. I just we just touched on it in the message, but you you might have more to say about it, Pastor Holly, having just gone through a really uh, a great class on prayer. Oh yeah. Um. But one of the things that we're encouraged to do is to pray continually right. or, or to, it's you know, we call it unceasing yeah, prayer. pray without ceasing. Yeah, yeah, pray without ceasing. And the word for uh, that is to rest in. Yes. To fall into. That without ceasing part, the right. unceasing. Yes, issue. thank yeah. you. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and so <laughs> there's this invitation that we see all the way throughout Scripture to join God yes. in the garden. And it it's not something that we have to, like you know, reach out and grab and pull into our world. Right. It, it is there, and it is an open invitation from the Creator Himself to come rest in the garden with Him. Yes. Yes. And we talk about this kind of in different terms, don't we? I think maybe we need to shift the way that we think and talk about this, because yeah. sometimes in prayer, we uh, I certainly have done this, we, we invite God uh, in, right? We, yes. We, we, Lord, we welcome you. Uh, here, oh, God's already there. Yeah, and prayer is inviting us into the presence of God, um, not God into the presence of us. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah totally. I, I mean, I've I've often thought of prayer as either, and I mean, and we see this in church history too, where prayer is something where you you leave your own reality, you leave mm-hmm. your own world, you separate yourself from everything, right, and go off to pray to find God, right. Uh, so I, I'm primarily thinking of like you know 
monastics yes. or yes. Um, at, at its worst, maybe you think of like that's for spiritual elites. Right. right? Um, but uh, or you try to like grab a hold of God and pull God. Like you're just saying pull God into your world. Right. God, you don't know what's going on, but I need this and this and this and that and this. Let me fill you in. Yeah. Can yeah. You do that. Yeah. And I think there's a I've I mean. In my prayer life, I've wrestled with those things. What is what is this? What am I right. trying to do? And yeah. so this was a pretty significant insight to be like, wow, you know what? God already knows. It's yes, it's a grounding. God is the reality. God is the truth, right? right? right. And so joining God in the garden, it's almost permission giving for me to yes. say, I don't have to grasp. I can open my hands right. and find rootedness and groundedness and be planted in this garden yeah. and let God define what's happening in my heart and mind. And it's an open invitation. It's open, and that can be the foundation of, of our entire lives. Yeah. I think about um, how how this this sounds so much like we are uh, invited to to come home. Yes. And to just be uh to to be real and to be ourselves and to be with God in a way that is um that is restful where we yeah. don't have to strive and we don't have to uh push and claw our way to anything because our God is a loving father and our God yeah. invites us to be with him in in this restful way. Um there's yes. so much just peace and relief and uh and and joy in that. I mean, can't you just feel your shoulders relax <laughs> yes. to think about like going home and, oh. and being in the presence of God and uh without having to uh to prove yourself or yeah. without having to uh to to That's push good. or fight or anything like that. It's it's just restful. Yeah. I don't uh if you are uh, listening to the podcast I encourage you to go to our weekly devotions page and look down at the resources at the very bottom of the page. The first resource we suggest is Richard Foster's book on prayer. Yes. And in the first chapter uh that's called Simple Prayer. Mm-hmm. He actually talks about the idea of prayer uh feeling like coming home. Yes. In really like he's such a good writer. You read that and you're like, "Yes, yes, yes, yes." Yeah. Yep. <laughs> so, uh Go read that. Uh, get that book and read that. That's a really significant uh, resource and will help. Uh, talks all about a lot of different types of prayer. Yeah, yeah. But that very first one, that simple prayer that he talks about, is so uh, so freeing. Yes. Because if we're if if we're approaching prayer with this idea that it that it's um, very very complicated or um, that we have to master certain yeah. practices, there are practices of prayer that are very enriching. Um, but uh, I think in the book that you mentioned, Richard Foster talks about. How how simply we yeah. can come before God, right. and um, and that we don't have to have have prayer mastered yes. right before before we can approach um, before we can approach God. That's so good, and I, I, for me, Pastor Holly, that's why I wanted to start with this idea because uh, it it has helped in all of my study on prayer over the years. You know. One of the things that that I think that God keeps telling me is is this idea that, um, yeah, there's freedom in just that the simplicity of what we're talking about here, yeah. the invitation to accepting God's invitation to come home, to right. join Him in the garden. It right. doesn't have to be more complicated than that. Right. And if you open your heart and minds to Him in that way, uh, then to me at least, it it means that. My struggles, my worries, my wonderings, 
have a place uh, yes. where, where that's just freely with God. I don't have to, it, it causes me not to say, okay, God, this is not going well. Why are you not doing anything about it? Right. right? Yeah. It just, it, it allows me to come to this place where I know that I've been invited to. It's a place where we were designed to be. Yes. And it's, I experience the freedom to just let that be with God and, uh, commune with him and, yeah. and work through some of that stuff. Yeah. Uh, so there's a lot of freedom in, in it. Yes, absolutely. Which just tells us more and more how loving our God is and yeah. how we don't need to be afraid to bring our true selves uh, before him. And even with those questions and struggles and doubts and so forth that you mentioned, yeah, we can bring those to God. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I we did this in the message, but this is such a cool thing. I want to wrap up our podcast with this, which is the last part, uh, the last story uh, from Scripture that we mentioned in the message is this really cool thing. It's just another way where you see the thread of this theme all the way through Scripture. And I love when we see when this when we see these kind of things and when this works. Um, this is not this. I don't think any of this is on accident, right? No. This is God intends for these themes to be woven throughout scripture and give a lot of meaning and significance. And it just is, uh, at the, it, at Jesus, it's after Jesus is crucified. He's, he's, uh, now in this moment in John chapter 20, he's risen from the dead, mm-hmm. but this is a moment where Mary was standing outside the tomb and she's weeping, she's crying. Uh, and she looks in the tomb. She sees two angels who say, Jesus is not here. Uh, and the, and then the angels ask, "Why are you crying?" And she says, "Well, they've moved my Lord, and I don't know where they've put his body." Essentially, uh, and then someone speaks to her from behind her. Uh, she turns around, and this person says to her, "Dear woman, why are you crying?" Mm-hmm. And Mary, and then he says, "Who who are you looking for?" Mary doesn't recognize that this was the risen Jesus. And here's what I love. Here's the thread, because it says that she thought he was the gardener. Gardens are all (laughs) over scripture. And I love this. Jesus is the gardener. She was not wrong, Mary. She was not wrong. (laughs) He's the gardener of the Garden of Eden. And in this garden with there's new life, everything's about to change for everyone. She sees him as the gardener. Yeah. Yes, Lord. (laughs) The invitation to this this place again, the, it's this moment where if you you uh, recognize this theme all the way, Mary is once again standing in the unfiltered yes. presence of the newly risen Messiah, yes. God Himself, beginning and end. It's all wrapped up there together. It's compelling. Yes. Oh. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> it's an amazing thread. Yeah. Beautiful. Yeah, beautiful. Yeah. And we'll just leave it at that. Okay. I encourage you to uh, spend some time in prayer with the Lord. Uh, go to the garden with God this week. And uh, I pray that you will experience a powerful moment with the Lord. Yes. Thanks for listening. See you later.